Freethinkers, welcome back to the Free Thought Project podcast. My name is Jason Bassler, and joining me today is the Free Thought Project editor in chief, Matt Agarist. Well, thank you guys once again for joining us, Freethinkers. It's been quite a year for the Free Thought Project podcast, and after we recorded 41 episodes this year, this will indeed be our last podcast for the 2023 year. And I'm not going to lie, guys, it still blows my mind how many amazing guests we've had on the show over the years. And this year alone, we spoke to Dr. Ron Paul, Dr. Robert Malone, the great Mark Passio and Tom Woods. We even spoke to Peter Schiff and Ben Swan and really just so many other fascinating and intriguing guests who are doing big things in this world. And today really is no exception. To cap off the year, we spoke to Dr. Shiva Ayaduri, the U.S. presidential candidate who is running as an independent in the 2024 elections. Now, Dr. Shiva is also a scientist, an inventor, and he holds four degrees from MIT. Now, he's also the man who is largely credited with inventing email. And of course, it would take the rest of the podcast to list all of Dr. Shiva's accomplishments. But I must say that this was quite the crescendo to the end of the year for the Free Thought Project podcast. So I hope you all enjoy it, and we will see you early next year after a little break. But for now, here's our interview with MIT graduate and 2024 presidential candidate, Dr. Shiva Ayaduri. Welcome to the podcast. Dr. Shiva, I feel like this podcast has been a long time in the making as I've been following your work since the days of COVID when you were one of the few voices in the beginning who dared speak out against what the establishment was doing to us. Uh, to kick off our conversation, could you share with us your insights into this the, the swarm concept? Like, How do you see this coalition influencing the health, unity, and freedom of the general public? The swarm concept really... Um it really came out of my work in system science for the last 40 years. Now, system science is not any one field. It's a system unto itself. Um, it's, it involves control systems theory out of engineering science, cybernetics. Um, I've evolved the system science field to also uh, draw the linkages between ancient systems of medicine and, uh, believe it or not, ancient sciences, which have existed for around 10, uh, five to 10,000 years. So it's a quite an interesting field for me because when you put all this together, you have a scientific framework to actually understand everything. Um, and it's not a hyperbole because everything in the universe is a system. Your body is a system. Uh, it's a place that I like to start people to understand uh, systems because everyone has a body and you know your body is a system. Um, but these nine principles that I uncovered um, span time and space and they affect every aspect of existence. And once people understand these concepts, 
they're able to actually start a, they're learn, they really learn how to think, right? Not what to think, but how to think. And it requires letting go of these isolated reductionist concepts. The opposite of system science is reductionism. Um, and the best way to explain reductionism is if some people may remember the story of Buddha and the elephant and the six blind men. Uh, the story goes, Buddha talks about a king who brings an elephant into the room with six blind men and each blind man touches parts of the elephant and they have a very, very different view of what they are seeing. The guy who touches a trunk thinks it's a snake. The guy uh, bumps into the foot of the elephant, thinks it's an oak tree and so on. And that's reductionism. Reductionism is a very, very powerful way to manipulate people. It's a way of uh, separating the parts. You know, um, now, while analysis of the parts in certain fields of biology or engineering are valuable, if you want to know the whole, that's a different set of principles. Um, and that's called systems principles. So the problem is that these systems principles for far too long, probably since the 1930s, 40s, have only been taught to the elites. And they use these systems dynamics principles to control pretty much everyone. And that's why a small set of people like a Kissinger or a Soros, uh, I'll get to the swarm video, are able to control 8 billion people. Now to explain all of this and to break people out of the deception, because right now people are being deceived into thinking the enemy is this one race or this one religion or this one institution, the Fed, right? Or uh, these one group of people. Um, is a swarm concept is a direct evolution out of system science. The swarm um, is a interconnection, a decentralized, multiracial, decentralized interconnection of many different components. And though, and that uh, swarm, uh, the interconnected set of these parts, uh, reveals an emergent property. An emergent property is when you connect a bunch of things together, the the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And that's the swarm. So the swarm involves the 100 university presidents and it involves the couple of thousand CEOs and involves the leaders of major countries. It involves um, all the major social media influencers, influencers who act like they're anti-establishment, but they would not be major social media influencers without the swarm, you see? And so when you see the interconnections of these people, you start having a much more respect and deeper understanding of who the enemy is of the 8 billion of us. And that's what, and, and if anyone wants to understand this, you can go to shattertheswarm.com. I got a separate domain so you can go there and you can watch this 15 minute video. There's a longer version of it, but it took me about 50 years to draw that video in about 15 minutes. You know, sometimes you're able to just congeal everything. That video itself is a system because it's a system of interconnections, but it'll teach you these principles. The goal of the swarm is power, profit, control. They have a mind of their own swarm intelligence that they use these interconnections into inputting second, third concept in addition to their mind. The third concept is their input into various types of things into us. They input false heroes. A lot of what they do is deception all day, right? They choose who our heroes should be. And out of that, they observe what's happening to us. Well, if we're getting more fat, we're getting more dumb, we're getting more lazy, they're quite happy. And that, uh, allows them to maximize profit, power, and control. So this is this feedback system that they have. And one of the things I shared in that swarm video is they have two front-facing elements of how they send us our inputs, the obvious establishment, open fascism, 
but more deceptively, the not so obvious establishment, the Kennedys families, the Trumps, the Alex Joneses, the fucker Carlsons, uh, you know, they have a farm league of these people that are con because they're continually watching how we are behaving. And if we try to break from them, they literally create inputs, deceptive inputs to keep us attached to the swarm. So this is why right now, because of the attacks that we've been doing, you know, since 2020 and before that, on exposing all of these malicious actors, they've had to go to develop many Baskin Robbins flavors of not so obvious establishment. So they have the Trump character, who's for the quote unquote, the Patriots. They have Vivek the snake, who's attempting to replicate me, skin color, et cetera. They have booby fucking Kennedy, who doesn't give a damn about medical freedom, right? Who's a Zionist hoodlum, or Tulsi Gabbard, right? Who they put on Fox all day. She's part of the military industrial academic complex, all of that. So they know that everyday people have figured out the obvious establishment. So the swarm now is creating its front facing, not so obvious establishment to make sure people do not break away and build the movement for truth, freedom, health, an independent movement, which is global, which aims to shatter the swarm. That's a great point. And that's what kind of reson resonated with me the most whenever I, I looked into your, uh, your your swarm presentation was the idea of these false heroes. And it's some of them are very obvious, right? Like we called out Trump right in the beginning. He's, he's a known insider, you know, uh, and everybody thought he was their savior. The MAGA just jumped behind him. Uh, I saw a meme on Facebook this morning. One of my friends posted it had Joe Biden and Trump next to each other, and they both had clown paint on. And um, it said, if either one of these pictures offends you, go ahead and put the paint on yourself, right? And uh, I, I have to admit, uh, last year, um, I get, maybe earlier this year, whenever RFK Jr. Uh, announced his candidacy for presidency, uh, I saw you on Twitter calling him out, and I was like, man, just give him a chance. And, and sure enough, uh, RFK would go on to show his true colors. He would call for, you know, for arresting people for their speech and uh, and so on. So it, it it doesn't take long for these folks to get uh, exposed, including Tulsi Gabbard, who, you know, I was like, man, uh, an anti-war veteran. Maybe this is, you know, this is some signs of change. But then, boom, she's here pushing the exact neoconservative bullshit on on Fox News, uh, just like every other neocon has done over the years. But one person that you did name on that list uh, of of these false heroes, and I, I just want to get your input on that, was was Martin Luther King, uh, that like he was one of these false heroes. And I, I want to know, I want to see seek your understanding on that, because he was, you know, he was arrested, he was beaten, and he was eventually murdered by this very establishment that I consider to be the swarm. So uh, would you mind like just clarifying that or, or giving me any example as to why you think that he would be a part of it? Yeah, first of all, uh, let me just go back to you. I, I want to talk about Martin Luther King. Here's the important thing we need to understand. Um, the elites are very, very clever at using emotions of people, okay? Mm -hmm. Number one. The other thing we need to understand is we need to look at relativi relativistically what's going on at a particular moment in time. Does that make sense? Certainly. So in 19, in the civil rights movement, every activist was being attacked, okay? if you're out, mm -hmm. all right? Um, so being attacked, it does not mean a level of, uh, it doesn't give you the epaulets to say that you are now the hero. You follow what I'm saying? You have to look at it relativistically what's going on at that moment in time. The third piece of this is once we understand from a scientific engineering standpoint how these mechanisms work, 
we won't be fooled over and over again and we will stop giving these people chances because during the time frame that we give them chance is at critical moments in history when we lose the opportunities for our liberation you follow what i'm saying so these moments when and this has been a recurrent process of history and it comes from this base level um kind-heartedness in some ways if a uh, a naivete that we think that we are the working people we work hard we are sincere that we unfortunately with our kind hearts we translate that good-heartedness to these people you follow what i'm saying we think they too are on, a, on the same page when most working people have no idea of the realms where the swarm operates now given my background i've had an opportunity like forrest gump to go into these worlds and oh and they've always wanted me to capitulate to them and i never could or would so i have seen the base level of these people the consciousness the utter consciousness in which they manipulate people which is maybe very foreign to most people it is a directed consciousness you could take someone who's unconscious and does something you know evil or you know they don't know they're doing something evil right um, let's say some guy who doesn't have a lot of money um, he, his family's starving and he has to go you know rob some bread okay that's very different level of consciousness than someone who plans in detailed ways how to manipulate people you follow what i'm right. saying and that latter piece is hard for people to fathom and this is why there's an ancient slogan which says we come to the world as doves and the goal is to leave as eagles we have to build this understanding this wisdom of how evil these people are so that's the backdrop i want people to understand now to get there you know the understanding of system science which i you know is 24 7 we educate people all over the world you know truth freedom health this understanding needs an understanding of history becoming wise wisdom wisdom is what is needed not not among everyone but enough people to move the world. So when you go back to the civil rights movement, you have to look at it in context, okay? How the civil rights movement evolved. Now, the the civil rights movement started fundamentally, um, you know, it was, it was occurring at the same time in many ways as when the Vietnam War was occurring, right? Um, but it was fundamentally a call for civil rights, right? But more importantly, um, equal rights really to ensure that the 14th Amendment was actually put into practice, which was equal protection clause. And this meant for all people. So you had, we had to address the issues of poor whites and poor blacks, the inner city um, decay that was taking place. Many of the bottoms up leaders of the civil rights movement's names you, you will never hear. So as this movement was growing, remember Booby fucking Kennedy's father was watching all this. He was he was a criminal himself. He comes from an organized crime family, Robert F. Kennedy, just like John F. Kennedy. And we have created these uh, with enough money. You can take an asshole and make him look like a hero. OK, John F. Kennedy was not a nice human being. Neither was Robert Kennedy. Neither was the entire family. They're organized criminals. And this is hard for people to hear because of the constant brainwashing that they hear from the time they're born in the United States of how great the Kennedys were. But it was Robert F. Kennedy Jr. who was spying on the this emergent movement. And the elites know that they've figured out through the system's dynamic that one way you could destroy a movement as people are coming up is open fascism. Just gun them down, right? Uh, just isolate them, right? 
But they realize that if you do that too many times, you create martyrs. And those martyrs uh, become even more compelling for people to rise up even more. So what they realized was we must create fake martyrs, fake heroes that we can control. Now, at the time of the civil rights movement, and you look at the bottoms up movement of poor blacks, and, and there were poor whites involved in this too, names who've been forgotten, that in the middle of that, in order to hijack and control these movements, Booby's father, Robert F. Kennedy Sr., who was a big proponent of continuing to bomb Vietnam, and by the way, the Kennedys were all for, they're the ones who escalated and created more of the CIA. Um, and they were big, big supporters of Zionism. You can hear Steve, uh, Austin, who's a defense minister when he went to Netanyahu, said, yes, John F. Kennedy really was a full commitment to Israel. And it's actually true. So what has been, the mythos that has been created is absolute garbage. So the Kennedys were ruthless. So they realized in order to control this movement, classic CIA, classic Mossad, classic MI6 training, they would need to find someone who was highly compromised. And that was Martin Luther King. You can go look at his history. It's quite well recorded. Others have talked about this, about the orgies he used to run, about his drug usage, about his adultery. Very different than Malcolm X. And so he was a controllable human being. No different than a Russell Brand, a complete scumbag, right? Who has a lot of shit in his closet. That's why they initially give these people certain access to the public and if they fall out of line then they make them fake martyrs it's quite interesting how they do this so martin luther king at that time there was massive movements long before martin luther king even came you have to understand at that time relativistically if you were a black person at that time martin luther king was a bougie black he got to go to bu okay he came uh from the bougie black environment top down all right the Southern Baptist preacher was sort of the highest of the upper caste system of even the black, blacks, all right? So he was not someone who came from bottoms up. He came from a generation of very educated blacks. And you have to go look at that history, how they uh, got to that level. So Martin Luther King was highly controllable. The Southern National Christian Conference, SNCC, which had all these other Uncle Toms, which worked with the Kennedys, anointed Martin Luther King as their leader, all right? That's where all of this came from. But at that time, you know, when the civil rights movement was growing, there were many, many real heroes who were fighting the police, fighting on the streets, you know, suffering this indignities and also white people, poor whites, we cannot forget that. And they were calling for fundamental changes in the inner cities. Malcolm X was asking for, from a cultural nationalist perspective until he broke from that, you know, later on from the uh, black Muslims who were looking at it from the concept of blacks versus whites. And Malcolm realized that this was not going to get the majority of blacks even out of their conditions, that poor blacks and poor whites would all have to unite. It would truly have to be more of a class war. All right. So Malcolm had gotten to that stage. But Martin Luther King, because of, of his compromise situation, because of his background, became a tool for the establishment. So that's what we need to understand. And if you look at how they used him and he was willing to be used because he was part of that clique, it was to essentially move the entire discourse of civil rights to a discourse, a band-aid solution of affirmative action. It was not about fundamentally addressing the infrastructure issues in the inner cities. And that affirmative action, while it was a gain of the civil rights movement, you cannot say it was completely bad because people fought for that, but it wasn't the real solution people were looking for. 
Now, when Martin Luther King later on stepped out of line a little bit and spoke up against Vietnam, then they had him knocked off, but they made him the martyr. You see, very much like what they were trying to do. If you want to look at Russell Brand, a scumbag with a very bad history, he starts going a little bit out of line and as though he is some martyr fighting for us, you see? So this is what happens. So the elites have a very powerful way of anointing their leaders that they can control because they have shit on them. And when they step out of line, if they do, they make them fake martyrs. So the masses think, oh my God, Martin Luther King, oh my God, Russell Brand, he's fighting for us. No, this is where we have to go back to the fundamentals. We need to build bottoms up movements, truly bottoms up movements. Otherwise, we're always going to be sort of, you know, uh, looking for these second fiddle characters. And they'll, they'll always let us down. That is the nature of this dynamic. I, w- I would suggest this aligns, you know, exactly with our decades of, of work uh, that we've had with the Free Thought Project, you know, analyzing uh, psyops, programming, media manipulation, media programming. Um, and of course, you know, anytime these people are held up as heroes in public schools, you know, you should be skeptical, right? Like that totally. should be yeah. uh, the first. <laughs> well, the the uh, other thing that's going on is, and this is the, the, the other level of deception is this came out, there's a diagram that I have that I put forward this. Look, these guys know system science. So they have multiple layers of deception. The first layer of deception is just concealment, okay? Mm-hmm. So when we, in our 2020 lawsuit, exposed the backdoor to Twitter, it came out in federal lawsuit. We wrote to Fucker Carlson, we wrote to Glenn Greenwald, we wrote to the ACL, they did nothing, okay? So-called purported guys who care about this. And two years later, you know, after Elon Musk, another part of the establishment, they try to make him a fake hero, suddenly does a Twitter files. Now, what's fascinating there is once the concealment fails, they knew that I was going to come and hammer this again, that it was our work and we have to take full credit for it because we did all the freaking hard work, exposed the backdoor portal, published it at winbackfreedom.com. And we got it out to about a half a billion people. So this is the problem that they had. So they try to anoint uh, Elon Musk as a savior of free speech. Then Fucker Carlson gets involved. Then Glenn Greenwald. Two years later, when they knew when they had all the data two years before. So then they do the second process. So first they try to conceal it. The second part of the deception is they do what's called a limited hangout. I assume you guys know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They do. They release a piece of it to appease the masses, a blunted version of it. Again, this has been done for centuries. So the people say, oh, my God, can you believe Fucker Carlson released it? Oh, my God, Elon's our hero. Oh, my God, Glenn Greenwald, he released it. Oh, Oliver Stone did a movie. Okay, we're done. Let's move on. So that's the limited hangout that they do, only to appease the masses. Now, that's called exposing a half-truth. And then if you persist, a year later, they will actually do a movie. And they'll talk all about it, okay? They'll reveal all of it. You know, the intellectuals do that. Noam Chomsky does that. Some of the people that you just mentioned. But the exposition of truth without compelling people to action to build something is, again, a mental masturbation. It, in fact, leads to learned helplessness. And this is the much deeper level of helplessness. Now, I know this because when I first came to MIT in 1981, everyone said, oh, my God, you're an activist. You should speak to Noam Chomsky. I don't know if you guys know who he is. Yeah. So (laughs) so Chomsky is, you know, he called for starving the unvaccinated to death. Right. But Chomsky is your uh, your university professor at MIT, which is the highest professorship. And there's only four of them. OK, 
And as a young kid, I studied with him and also Langer, believe it or not, who went on to do Moderna. But that's when I was 17, 18 years old. So, and only two guys have university professorships, but someone like a Chomsky, you know, when you're young and you're coming, everyone says, oh yeah, he's the activist, right? He's the guy, he exposes all the stuff, manufacturing consent. So these guys are used to funnel smart people to them and then they hold on to them. They do not want people to do any action actually. You see, truth, divorce from action is a manipulation also. So I remember I ran one of the biggest apartheid protests and Chomsky came and I had to boo him off the stage. He was talking nonsense. So these people who do truth all day, write these little things, oh, I found this and this and this. You have to watch that that's, in some ways, that's an even finer level of deception. Oh my God, can you believe they exposed that? They talked about that. What is their solution? Nothing. And and the exposition of truth without a compelling way to mobilize people to action leads to learned helplessness where your limbic system changes in your brain and you actually say, oh, I guess the way, that's just the way the world is. And getting back to Chomsky, no one would do these huge events at MIT. Oh my God, we just bombed uh, El Salvador. Oh my God, uh, we just did Iraq. And he'd put his hand like this, you know, and he'd say, and make jokes. Well, that's just the way it is. You know, a thousand people would come to his events and everyone invariably out of that would leave so fucking depressed. You see what I'm saying? Like, I guess the way the world is, you know, Chomsky's saying was we're at the cul-de-sac of humanity and we're all going to kill ourselves. Now that doesn't, that's to me, that's very, very deadly to the human spirit. And so people say, oh my God, if you talk to that person, people send me videos. You know, that's 20% of my work. The other 80% is actually offering solutions and what we do to change the world. That's a fundamental question because any fucking moron right now can expose truth all day, right? You can do it all day. Tucker Carlson exposes truth two years later. Joe Rogan talks about shit two years later. You see, so what they do is they watch the timeline. When the, the house is burning down, no one there, they're not to be found. After the house is burned down, it's very convenient for them to do documentaries and win Academy Awards. They're scumbags. They exploit the situation with their silence, not saying anything, like all of these medical doctors didn't say shit, and then they come later to try to uh, protect their profession, you see? Try to protect their existence by acting like they're saviors of us. You go look at this guy, Bhattacharya. He wrote a paper in 2020 promoting lockdowns. <laughs> so you have to look at time yeah. and delay truth is deadly, especially from these people, because these people want to be on both sides of history so they look like the good guys. And that's what makes them true scumbags. Well, I'm starting to see, Dr. Shiva, why you're so censored and uh, why your Wikipedia page reads like a smear campaign and a hit piece. It sounds like you're... Uh... Yeah, you go look at it prior to 2007. <laughs> sure. It's quite fascinating, okay? Right. I was on the top list of all Americans, but when my stuff went into the Smithsonian and the facts came out that I invented emails, black and white, it's not even a fact, there's not even a gray area. And more importantly, I did not stand down like a good Indian. I fought for it overnight. I'm all this stuff. And then when I came out in 2020 against in 2019, I mean, I was the, the scientist invited to the National Science Foundation to talk about the immune system. Everyone agreed with me. One size fits all medicine is nonsense. You see, so they want to characterize as left and right. In fact, in the recent New Zealand data analysis, I said this fucking idiot Kirsch is a bullshitter. He works with Kennedy and Kennedy for years has been 
the not so obvious establishment of the medical freedom movement. You see, so what's happened, the deception is they have the pro and the anti, the left and the right on every issue. And if you come out, and for example, when I came out and said, look, the real issue is immune system resilience. All right. So then I'm called an anti-vaxxer. Now, when I expose the fact, even though the New Zealand whistleblower called me, you know, we looked at the data, it's a nothing burger. You cannot, it is frankly fucked up to make any conclusions from that. You set it up so the, the big pharma guys can attack you. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with the election system stuff. We exposed the real stuff, which was chain of custody and signature verification. Then Mike Lindell, Trump, and all these fuckers got involved and they started talking about crazy ass shit, man. Bamboos in the ballots, you know, IP addresses <laughs> coming from here. Wacko shit, selling pillows, making money. And the real issues were subsumed. And then election integrity becomes a right wing issue. So this is a deception that they do. But the problem they have and the, and the great thing from a human standpoint is our movement exists. We're educating people of this dynamic. And guys like you are there, you say, which is great. So we have an opportunity like now as never before in history with our movement that we've been building to educate people, a university type education in this deception, a community, the technology, all this kind of stuff. It's it should have been created about, you know, since 1970. But frankly, our parents didn't do their job, in my view. All right. They were all, you know, subsumed by the not so obvious establishment, which was emerging after the Kennedys. Yep. So that's where we are at now. So we have a catch up game to do. We have to actually explain to people this dynamics. We have to build this movement. We have to set a very clear vision. And that's a framework that, you know, I've spent my life creating now beyond email and all these other things. And it's very, very exciting because the quality of people that we're finding are guys like you, very self-reflective people. They say, fuck, Trump screwed me over. Shit, Tulsi Gabbard, right? And they want to say, let's get down to the heart of how we made these mistakes. And that is where system science becomes valuable because it gives you this framework. So the next Tulsi Gabbard that comes, the next AOC, the next Bernie Sanders, the next Booby Kennedy, you can see that they're actually part of the swarm. Why are we even listening to any of these people? Why do we even give them any chance? You see, because every microsecond of chance we give them under that microsecond, if you take the integral of that, is a lot of human suffering. So there's no reason we have to give them any chance because 99.999% confidence level, they will let you down because they're of the swarm. I, I agree hundred percent. And, uh, and speaking of which, you know, I, I wanted to get into Vivek Ramaswamy a little bit here. I know we already mentioned him. He seems to have, you know, a, a lot of uh, momentum right now and, you know, he's involved with big pharma. So, you know, earlier this morning, I put out a tweet that we were going to be interviewing you today. And I asked our community if they had any questions for you. And one was uh, a question about uh, Vivek. And so I did a little research uh, this morning just because I wanted to get your take on it. So I guess it's no secret that he's a billionaire. Um, he calls himself a scientist from the biotech industry and is, according to Forbes, one of the richest 30-somethings in, in America. Uh, apparently, he founded a pharmaceutical company back in 2014 called Royvent Science, uh, which was backed by you know a, a bunch of investors. Uh, he's very much connected to the Ivy League. He, you know, he graduated from Yale and Harvard. But after doing some reading, um, the story about how he became a, a billionaire, you know, it's a bit lengthy, but it seems like a large part of, part of his money uh, was you know, earned or I guess gained by gaming Wall Street and uh, more or less having some good timing. Um, so our audience question was, you know, I'm curious about Vivek's uh, time in big pharma and some of his questionable ways he made money. 
And uh, the, the part of the second part of the question is like, why are other candidates not attacking uh, Vivek for any of this? So do you have any insight on that at all? Look, I'm the only candidate who exposed this fucking piece of shit and the only one who's <laughs> anti-Zionist. OK, and it is it is really disgusting, not only who this human being is, but it gives everyone the what you're reflecting here is the opportunity for everyone to understand how these people are part of the swarm. You see, they all have shit on themselves. So they all do not attack each other on the real fundamental personal issues. You see, because if you think about what Booby Kennedy said to, uh, I think it was Megan McCain or Megan, whatever that woman who who was a a newscaster, he said, personal integrity and public integrity are two different things. I don't know if you remember, he said this. All right. That's not a whole fucking human being. That's basically saying you can be a fraud. You look at my life, you can connect everything. There is, that's why I can be so bold in what I say, because I don't have this differential. Same thing with Malcolm X. All of these people have a major delta between what they say and who they really are. And this is the ultimate deception. And this is where everyone should ask of themselves, why are you accepting that? Because if you're accepting that, that makes you part of the problem. And this is to the individual of 8 billion people listening to this or whoever listens to this at some point. Why are you enabling these abusers whose personal integrity does not match their public integrity. So that's the framework. So it's a fundamental question for the individual because by doing this, by knowing this, they're enabling this. So so two things is going on. Of the swarm, they wanna conceal and they do not talk about these very important issues of lack of integrity. Booby Kennedy, 30 women he bangs, writes a diary about it, right? His wife sees this diary, hangs herself. And then he goes and buries her in the Kennedy compound, supposedly in the burial plot, and then exhumes her body afterwards and moves it to a unmarked grave, right? So all of this shit is out there. No one talks about it. It's quite fascinating. So now getting to Vivek the snake, you said he's gaining momentum. Let's talk about that two words, gaining momentum, gaining momentum. How does anyone gain momentum if they're not anointed by the swarm? Okay, so it's not he's gaining momentum. He's being pushed on the masses. You see, just like I used to play baseball, you have the major leagues, right? The minor leagues and your farm league. The elites are farming people to create their next level of deceivers. And that's who Vivek the Snake is. Now look at him. They go and find a guy who's brown skin who starts repeating similar things like me. Similar, but not exact. All right? He comes from the Ivy League, but he's a Brahmin bullshitter. He's a brown-nosed Brahmin fucking big pharma bullshitter. Mm -hmm. And why do I say this with such vehemence? And anyone listening to this should have this anger. And overnight, he's everywhere, right? And when you expose, are you jealous of him? No. But this motherfucker would not be anywhere without the swarm. Do you follow what I'm saying? He would be nothing. His gaining momentum comes from the infinite amount of resources that are behind him. Infinite amount of resources from the time he was fucking born. He's never had to suffer. He's never had to fight for anything. All right. So look at his, you have to look at these people's entire history, not just a little slice of the movie. It's a very wrong thing. Imagine you're watching a two hour movie and you come, you know, to three quarters into it and you think you know it all. No, you got to watch the entire movie of these individuals. 
okay, comes from a Brahmin family. Who are the Brahmins? Brahminism. Well, I grew up in India where we were the lowest of the lowest caste. By all accord, we should never be here. So think about the extraordinary things my parents my and I had to do to even make it here for you to even interview me. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Motherfuckers, okay? That's who these fucking people are. They were racist in India. Kamala Harris, Brahmin background. I don't know if you know that. Brahmin. The Brahmin, Brahminism is no different than Zionism, is no different than Nazism. They took some attributes of Hinduism and said one set of people are better than the rest. As a Brahmin, they won't even touch you. Oh, we're, we're much better. When my mom went to the well, they shoot her away like a pig. And I'm sure Vivek's parents or some generation, or even he, has this deep in his mind. Because they have that view that they are better, this is why they think it's okay to bullshit, lie, and cheat. You follow what I'm saying? They actually think you're stupid that you don't do that. So he goes to whatever private school, 16,000 parents have to pay money. My parents never believed in public private school systems. My mother had a hatred towards that elitism because of the, the condition she grew up in. All right. This guy didn't have that view. They sent him to, you know, a, a private school. Then he gets to go to Yale and Harvard. What well, Harvard, that's where you create your clique. Okay. You create the club. And that club is the one that gave him access to capital. You follow what I'm saying? I never, even though I went to MIT, by the way, I didn't even know about MIT until two weeks before I applied because the Zionist high school I went to was so jealous of me. It's quite fascinating. A homeless person's friend is the one who told me about MIT. And even after I was accepted, I did not want to come because of how fucked up I saw MIT. I only came because of Boston. And since I landed at MIT, I was building you know, anti-establishment movements. So I have a history for nearly 40, 50 years of fighting these motherfuckers. So I have a serious, serious hatred for these people because they're the enemy of the people. So who the fuck is Vivek the snake? And you have to look at his whole family. Just, and it's all out there. He goes and raises money from his clique. By the way, I've never raised money from venture capitalists at all because they will never fund me because I'm not part of their clique. Every company I've started, it's been through sheer hard work. Hell yeah, sheer man. And, and you know, speaking of, of, of Vivek and, and there's, there's an aspect of the, of your swarm uh, presentation about how divide is, you know, we didn't even get into health or anything like that. We're getting kind of close to the end here, but uh, we have time for one or two more questions. But uh, one of the main things, and it's so prevalent in society right now, uh, is divide. And we can even see the divide in the, on the right w between the, the MAGAs and the, the people who support Vivek, you know, and, and, and it goes even further. It's further segments, uh, <clears throat> further segmentation all the way down the line. Um, and, and that's a, that's a huge, a huge issue right now. I think it's actually one of the main issues driving humanity into this, uh, like maybe unrecoverable state or complete. Well, well actually I, I, let me tell you what I think. Okay. You need to have destruction before you can recreate, okay? We need to shatter the swarm. The work that we've been doing in our movement has been shattering these guys and splintering them, which is a good thing. Because now people are like, what the fuck? I can't trust this guy. I can't trust that. Yeah, you can't. That's a good thing. Sure. Booby well, Kennedy, that's what I was going to ask you, how we fight that divide or how we fight that push for the divide. And it seems like you're answering that right now. So, yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying the divide. You must divide the wheat from the chaff. You must divide okay. truth from lies. So when you start exposing these people... Oh my God, we need unity. And this is, by the way, if you look at history, 
when the establishment starts getting exposed, oh my God, they're trying to splinter us. No, we are going to splinter you. We are going to divide you. You need to be divided. You need to be shattered. And the truth will come out of that process. So Vivek the Snake, by the way, closing, the motherfucker takes $5 million from his friends. He would never have been able to raise that if he didn't have that click. Then goes and buys a failed drug that failed four times, has his mama literally help him resuscitate that drug as some amazing Alzheimer's drug, takes it public, and the whole thing tanks 99%, okay? Takes away 40 million. That's a fucking scumbag. That is not an innovator. That's a financial bullshitter. And every time anyone hears him talk, anyone with half the brain will see you're talking to a fucking car salesman. So the people who are supporting him themselves are part of, they reflect that they want to be fucked with and they want to be duped. And that's where they're going to go. Now, getting back to this fundamental thing, what you just said, so Booby, when I exposed him in 2020, he goes, oh, my Dr. Shiva's trying to splinter the movement. And then he said, I was a vaccine maker. He was so fucked up. He had to make the most defamatory smear campaign. I had to sue him in federal court and he's still running around, not trying to get served. And that's what these people are. So the foundational way out of this, in the few minutes we have, how do we get out of this? Number one, don't be afraid to shatter the swarm. Don't be afraid to divide them because they've been dividing us. When they say dividing, they mean we're dividing them. You follow what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Very important to understand this. They're afraid we're dividing them. We are. Fuck. Kennedy. Now they have to create all these not so obvious establishment people. They need Trump over here. They need Kennedy. They've created a Baskin Robbins flavor of fake idols because they don't know which way to go anymore. They're in desperation and we must divide them. We must shatter them. We must completely destroy these people at a fundamental level of thought. And that gives all of us the opportunity to say, what is truth? What is truth? And here's this guy, Dr. Shiva. Here's his movement. Who called out the truth at the right time? Ah, that's important. Who's not an anti-Zionist? Ooh, that's important. Who puts Dr. Shiva on their podcast? Ooh, that's a good litmus test, right? How did these people make their fucking money? Ooh, let me go look at it. Now you're giving people tools to decide what is truth. Who can you trust? So all the distrust that's taking place, all the confusion, confusion, look at that word, with fusion. Before we can have truth, you must have confusion. You must expose all these people. We must divide them. So, yeah, it's a fucking good thing. Well, appreciate that honesty. And, uh, you know, I could tell that you're passionate and authentic uh, when you, with your stance on this. And, you know, I, I'm almost a little afraid to ask you uh, your thoughts on one of our previous podcast guests, Dr. Ron Paul. So maybe we'll have to save that for next time. He's like the token black guy, or the token Indian guy they have. He's a token constitutionalist. Sure. And you have to, that's what he has, you know, him and Tom Massey. Look, the bottom line is the Congress of the United States is completely sold out on November 16, 2018. They're the ones who passed SISA unanimously. Massey voted for it. And you look at the Republicans, they're funded by Silicon Valley. Congress is owned by Silicon Valley, foreign actors and Zionism. That's who owns Congress. It's all out there. And because of that, they created SISA, which is the one that surveils all of us and has destroyed the First Amendment, which is the First Amendment. Congress shall pass no law to abridge freedom of speech. Well, November 16, 2018, that's what they did. And fucking Trump, make America great. Trump is the one who signed that. If Hillary had done that, we would have had a revolution in this country. Yeah. So the big deception is the fact that they create heroes from above and they keep having us 
in this abusive codependent relationship thinking they're going to help us. They're not going to do shit for us. It is time we start looking at us. We start looking at the histories of people and we start recognizing we must shatter the swarm. Before I leave, look, a quick thing. One way people can help is everyone should go and get one of these bumper stickers because it's a big fuck you to them and put it on the back of their car. It says Dr. Shiva for president. Overseas, we have one that says shattered the swarm. People should go to Shiva numeral four president.com. We have a flyer there, one page flyer. You can become an activist on your own. Download that flyer. It has a beautiful curve which says the lifespan of your child is now going to be less than your lifespan, shorter lifespan. And that in that one single key performance indicator, it reveals that all of these people have fucked you over, every single one of them, because this is not something that just happened with the vaccines. It's been going on over a 40, 50 year period, the destruction of individual people's biological systems done by all of them. And it also gives you the solution. And then finally, if you really want to um, change the world, go to truthfreedomhealth.com and become a scholar, become a warrior. Join this community that we're painstakingly building, all volunteer supported. Hell yeah, man. And I, I, I gotta say, I share your, uh, your, your passionate, uh, attitude towards all these things too. I often find myself speaking the exact same way about these subjects. Man. It, man. I, I really, I really appreciate you <clears throat> coming on and, and, uh, explaining and clarifying all these things, man. It's so, time for men to be men. Hell they yeah. Made men hell yeah. <laughs> they made men into pussies. We're very diffident. I find more women. You know, we have 60% of women is strong, man. Those women are much, much stronger. Um, you know, they don't need to go get testosterone replacement therapy like Booby fucking Kennedy does, you know? <laughs> That's what these people are. And they don't and they go cheat on their wives, and we're supposed to thank them for women. Any woman who's voting for Booby Kennedy should have her head checked. I you actually him. hate women if you're voting for him. Well, or even considering him. Yeah, and after he's exposed himself, I don't think very many people are. Yeah, but if you look at it in all the polls, they do will not include me. They'll include the doofus Cornell West, they'll put in the liberal Zionist Jill Stein. I mean, why is none of these polls asking Dr. Shiva? They're afraid. There was some pro-Kennedy guy who did a poll between me and Kennedy. I beat him by 40 points. It's quite incredible. Yeah, it is. So. All right, free thinkers, this episode is nearing the end. We wanted to take this time to remind you, if you found value in this conversation, please consider hitting that like button and subscribing to the Free Thought Project podcast on your preferred platform of choice. It's an easy, no-cost way to support us and ensure you never miss an episode. Also, the Free Thought Project operates primarily on the generosity of our listeners. If you believe in our mission and support our cause, please consider donating or subscribing by going to the membership tab at the top of our website. Your contributions ensure we are able to continue our important work having these important conversations and your donations help us do just that. Lastly, if you're part of an organization or own a business that aligns with our mission and values, we are currently inviting sponsorships for our podcast. This is a fantastic opportunity to promote your product or make your brand visible to our engaged audience while supporting meaningful discourse. Thank you for your support, Freethinkers, and as always, thank you for listening. Well, look, I know you got to get going. And, and so, all right, guys, sorry for being late. Thank you for, thanks for your consideration. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming on, dude. Your, yeah. your, uh, your, your journey and everything that you're doing right now is, is nothing short of remarkable. Uh, your, your insights when the mechanisms of swarm, mind blowing. I love it. Uh, we thank you very much for joining us today. We're going to have all your links in the podcast description. And, um, 
you know, best of luck on this presidential campaign and uh, may your vision for a better future inspire many. All right, guys. Thank you. Peace. Be well for both of you.